Today we have Oscar Mora with Blue Adobe Mortgage. Oscar has lived in Monterey County for over 40 years and has been in the mortgage business for over 20. Oscar's bilingual schools have helped hundreds of families in the Hispanic community attain ownership. He was currently ranked on Scotsman's Guide and Mortgage Executive as one of America's top 1% mortgage loan officers. Uh, you know, kind of an interesting little story. Oscar was part of the first graduating class of Cal State University, Monterey, where he earned a bachelor's degree in science in business, uh, a bachelor's degree of science in business. Oscar also has an amazing family. And, and you know, in full disclosure, Oscar and I were cousins. Mm -hmm. um, and so I have known him for pretty much all of his life. And um, I mean, he he's, he's got an amazing story, which we're going to get into. You know, he ended up marrying his high school sweetheart, Sheila. And they've been together for 20, I think, 27 years now. Yeah, and uh, 28, yeah, 28. Okay, I'm point shaving there. So, <laughs> you know, and and one of the greatest things of Oscar's is, is, is absolutely his family. Oscar and Sheila, they've got three children. Priscilla played basketball on scholarship uh, in college and is now a teacher at North County, North Monterey County High. Oscar Jr. Uh, just graduated from Cal State East Bay where he was there on a track scholarship and is now preparing to enter law school. And the youngest faith is uh, is a matador over at Cal State Northridge, also on an athletic scholarship where she is running track and cross country. Oscar, it's, you know, it's great to have you here today with us. Um, but I, I really seriously want to start off with the story that I think everyone will kind of encapsulate um, kind of the relationship you and I've had uh, growing <laughs> up, especially with their moms and stuff. Yes. And, uh, so Oscar and I, you know, kids being kids, we would fight. We would get into arguments and we would fight and we would be there fist fighting one, one another. Well, our moms weren't having any of it. And so what they would do is they would tie us up. They would they would make us hug and they would put a lasso around us and tie us up and just leave us there until we got all our aggression out, just hugging it out. Right. And it was... At the time, it was probably, it was humiliating. It was it, I, it dumb in a sense. But I mean, really, if you look back at it, it was an amazing message that our parents gave us, which was your family, you take care of each other. You don't fight each other. You, you take, you know, you really look out for one another. And it is something that I have seen you kind of take this over with your, with your family, with your kids, with our relationship that we have. Um, and, and really, you know, with, with the community that that uh, that both you you work with and and I do with mine, yeah, no, there is there there's something to be said about that, right? There, there's those values of you know you know you're you're gonna have some differences, but you work them out and you stick together and you persevere, and then that yeah, I mean I remember those days and it was just like and sometimes we wouldn't see each other for a couple of days and then as soon as it was like little roosters, <laughs> no, Hector, don't do that to me. And then mom, you know, no, 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 no. You know, so it's been, it's definitely one of the stories I've always highlighted whenever Hector comes up When you come up and it's like, Hey, this is what happened to us. And here we are, you know, 40 something years later and <laughs> you've had a great career and you know, we're, we're working on mine. We're, we're getting there. <laughs> Well, you know, Oscar, tell us, tell us about, tell us about, you know, for, for those of you that, that don't know, tell us about your background, where you grew up, um, where you went to school, you know, parents and so forth. Um, you've got, you've got an absolutely fascinating background, you know, immigrant family um, there in, in the uh, Castro Salinas area. 
Yeah, so no, we, um, you know, for us, you know, I grew up, I was born in LA, you know, with you. And, you know, we, we were together the first couple of years. And then, uh, you know, unfortunately, my biological father left, you know, when I was three or four years old. And then my mom met, you know, my stepfather. And next thing you know, we're, we're on a car and, you know, we are driving north and uh, we were trying to get away from my dad. And it was a funny story was that I was, we're, we're in a 65 Mustang car. <laughs> driving up the grapevine and I turn to my mom and I go hey the moon's following us you know I'm four years old he's oh the moon's gonna tell my dad where we're leaving because we're leaving my dad behind my biological dad and uh and we got to San Martin little town in San Martin past Gilroy we moved in with my brother's sister and uh it was it was a challenge at first there because uh I had cousins from from that side that only spoke English you know, and I, I didn't speak English. And so there was some communication challenges there. Um, there were some challenges for daycare at that time. So my parents were picking, you know, chilies. They were picking uh, cucumbers. They were picking when they when we got to San Martin. They were doing a little bit of everything. And my daycare was in the car. You know, there was, you know, I, I hung out in the car and stuck my head out the window and watched them work. And, and when I needed something from mom, I crawled under the, you know, they call them surcos, you know, the rows. And, and get to my mom and hey, I'm hungry. And uh, one time, got so hungry, we were next to a plum orchard, <laughs> and I just sat next to the tree, and the plums kept falling, so I kept eating them. And you know what happens when you eat too many plums? <laughs> so that was a, a rough night. And uh, but that that's you know from there we we migrated to Castroville, and uh, Castroville uh, we moved in, and my dad started working in the lettuce. And my mom started picking strawberries and, and working in the strawberry fields. And so I grew up probably since I was second or third grade picking strawberries you know, all through my freshman year in high school. And so it was something where my mom instilled in us. We'd get, you know, 3.30, you get out of school at the time, bus stop, mom's there picking me up and taking me back to the fields. And we would work from 3.30 till sunset. And uh, Saturday mornings, there was no such thing as saturday morning cartoons you know it's just like let's get in there and work and uh you know it was it, like you said hugging us and, and and when they made us hug and tied us you know some hard love right and there was also some hard love growing up because there was times that my brothers and i i have three brothers rest in peace one of them uh if we would fight there was there was no school the next day and, you know let's, let's go to the fields and go work you know and if you worked in the strawberry fields if you know a little bit about that it's 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 hard on the body. You're bent down, bent over all the day. In the mornings, you're sticking your hands in this, you know, cold ice plant, and you know you're like, ah, you know, your fingers get like this. And so we, I made sure I didn't want to fight. I'm like, I want to go to school. So I got a whole different love and perspective about about school. And uh, but that that you know came from a very humble, poor family. You know, there wasn't a lot of resources there. We worked and we did the best we could. And uh, but they taught us how to work. They, they taught us how to be hardworking, how to persevere, you know, and be yourself. And um, for me, that, that you know, growing up, by the time I got to high school, I uh, uh, was really into sports, but I couldn't do sports, you know. So I couldn't do sports because my my mom frowned on it. She, she felt that if you were going to go do sports, then uh, you were going to become a total, you know. <laughs> Yeah. And, and there's just this misconception about it right there was like right. hey you can't you can't you can't do that you know no, you can't do that and and uh so then i go get to high school finally was able to you know 
get a different type of job. So as soon as I saw the opportunity to start working as a janitor uh, on, during summer schools, I took the opportunity. It was much better than, than working on the fields. Uh, by that time, I was already working with crews, like, you know, like they call them in Spanish cuadrillas, right? Yeah. Small crews where all it's all a bunch of men. And I was in there. And it was rough there too. You know, there was there was some bullying there because I'm not they, they didn't consider me fully Mexican. Right. And so there they call me Pocho, right? And so there were some harsh lessons there, and there's some pretty good lessons. I'd have some gentlemen come up to me. He's like, hey, Pocho, ¿qué haces aquí? what are you doing here? He's like, go to school. Like you, you don't belong here. Get out of here, you know. And so there was and I and some of them I still see them around town. And you know, one of them the other day he saw me, he's oh my god, he's I knew you weren't gonna stick there and you know, and it was good. And, you know, Miguel, his name's Miguel. And uh, that was a cool little moment there. Uh, that happened a couple months ago. But, uh, you know, started working during summer school and, you know, started getting some other jobs, started affording some name brand stuff, you know, finally found, found myself at the time some Reeboks. <laughs> so that was cool. Um, and uh, you mean you mean uh, you mean you put away the uh, the Bumas that are that our parents would get us from, uh, from TJ oh, good yeah, yeah, or, or the. Or, it wasn't Nike. It was something like Nikki or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, Payless Shoe Source was big back then. So there yeah. was a Pro Wings and a Pro Wings were always kind of a spin of whatever the trend was. I remember the Michael Jordan shoe that came out. I got some Pro Wings, but mine were a little different, but they were red with black and white. And and the kids would, you know, bully me on that sense. And uh, and so, yeah, I get to high school. And, and when I got to high school, ran a PE, ran a mile, I can almost you know, five minute flat. And all of a sudden I caught the attention of a couple of people there at the, the PE, the teachers. So they go talk to uh, the cross country coach. They talk to the cross country coach and uh, he he approaches me. Hey, Mora, you, you want to, um, you know, do we have a team and blah, blah, blah. I go, no, I can't, I can't do that. I gotta, you know, I gotta work. I can't, I can't, can't do sports. Um, and he didn't speak, you know, uh, coach white, he didn't speak uh, Spanish. So he found coach Serrano. Coach Serrano ended up going to, uh, to talk to my mom he went and talked to my mom and uh so the whole movie I, I uh there's a movie that kevin costner movie oh yeah uh, yeah yeah i'm trying to Wait, think of fair, uh, fair, uh what's it farland yeah 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 that exactly that that bought so much memories when 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 we uh when we saw that movie because that's literally what happened he went and talked to my mom my mom said no he senoras we hope you know he, he can do it i'll take care of him um this is 1989 okay this is 1989 when this happened and um i think finally she agreed by my sophomore year she agreed to let me but he was responsible of taking me to practice or right after school bringing me straight home and picking me up and providing you know there's not much for running just a couple singlets and some shoes and providing whatever it is that i needed yeah. for for the sport well October 17, 1989. I don't know if you remember what happened that day. It was the big, or October 19th, the big earthquake up here. Yeah. And uh, and I had just gotten home from practice. I'm walking in the door. The house is all shaking. All of a sudden, my mom's calling the phone, and she's trying to look for me. And apparently, that was a sign of God that I shouldn't be doing sports. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, go, you know, I was like, what? and i'm like okay you know but that that's you know and she started letting me allowing me to do sports and then i just grew so far i loved sports all right. along and from there you know graduated 
and you know from from north monterey county which is kind of cool that's where my kids start teaching oscar subbing there priscilla's a teacher there so got really involved there and uh went to hartnell college had a couple um i got admitted into a couple schools but you know, and, and one of them was trying to head back over there, back with you. You know, we, we yeah. visited Cal State LA a couple of times with you when you were doing Sigma Nu. And and I have some very fond memories of all those times that I visited. And that was the goal, really. The goal was to head back to LA. You know, I've always yeah. loved LA. And the goal was to head back to LA. But it got there, there came a point there when I was like, yeah, we can't afford it. My mom's like, okay, and so forth. And, and not knowing the resources that are out there now, if I knew the resources that I know, now back then there was opportunity right i mean we had even talked with with your mom about potentially me heading over there and you know going to school well, well one of the things that i that i find interesting especially in this you know when you talk about resources is and growing up because you know my obviously you know just like yours my parents were, were immigrants too and well yours your family was up north you know the, the other side of the family for me was really down in los angeles we still worked in the produce business a lot different. You know, um, my dad worked in downtown with the import all the fruit. And the thing was, you know, I find, I find it interesting when I, when I talk to friends, cause you know, like you, I was, I was born here in, I was born in Los Angeles. And when I tell them, you know, English is a second language. They're like, what are you talking about? You were born here. I'm like, yeah, but for those five or six years, you know, of your youth, your parents don't speak English. Mm -hmm. So, the only language you you know and learn is Spanish. And the other thing too, it's not like we're listening really to English language music because we're listening to everything our parents are playing, yeah. which is all Spanish. Mm -hmm. You're watching TV and that's all in Spanish. And so, you know, your language skills that you pick up as a kid is all Spanish. And so you may be born here, but you're still English as a second language growing up. Yeah, no, it's so true because I mean, I didn't really learn how to read English to probably fourth or fifth grade. There's a couple of pretty bad experiences there. I was, uh, since we jumped a couple of schools, you know, we went to San Martin, then we went to Castroville. And then within Castroville, we moved a couple of like different zones for different schools. Yeah. So I went to uh, a Prundale school from first through third. And then they had me kind of dialed in already with some um, programs where I was taking ESL. So things in Spanish and slowly transitioned me to English. Yeah. We moved my fourth grade year and went to Echo Valley School and Echo Valley kind of took me off of ESL and just threw me in through the core English classes yeah. without me knowing yet how to read English. And uh, one of the first couple of days, I, I still remember the book, I think I have it downstairs. Is I, I saved it, it was just the, this big American history book. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm reading and, and the teacher calls on me and says, Oscar, hey, can you read that the next paragraph? And I'm like, stuttering and not knowing you know what to do and what to say and and there's some bullying behind that right there's a little bit of making yeah. fun of me and used it as motivation and by the time we graduated from grade school you know got a lot of accolades you know for being the migrant student of the year and stuff like that so that's pretty cool <laughs> what's well, it's funny you say that i you know i was talking to amy and uh fiance and as i've told other friends too i said you know Right now in my business, you know, a lot of what I do is I write speeches for people. I write them for politicians. I write them for CEOs. You know, I, I read their stuff. I, I make edits to it. And I said, you know, and, and just like just like your story, there was, you know, for me, it was, I think, I want to say third or fourth grade, too, where I, you know, I had to read a passage and, and I couldn't. I really couldn't. I, 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 I stumbled. It was embarrassing. 
And I remember Miss Bonhotty um, in Chandler Elementary School in Sherman Oaks. I was one of those kids that got bussed out. I went to my elementary school, got on a bus, and then traveled another 40, 50 minutes to another school to go to school there. It was kind of the integration with busing. And um, she just, she's just like, look, um, I know you're struggling. Just pick up whatever you can, whether it's comic books, whether it, a newspaper, it doesn't matter. Just pick up whatever you can and just try. And, you know, and I, and that's kind of what I did. I just tried and tried. And, you know, later on, I mean, obviously I, I got this, I, I got this to the point where I didn't want to be dumb anymore. Cause that's just the way I felt. I didn't, you know, I wanted yeah. to go out and do something and I didn't want to, that feeling of being dumb. And, you know, I think this discussion that we're having is, it serves great for a lot of kids who like realize there is no clear path on which way you go or how you end up. It's, you know, it's something you, you mentioned earlier. It's, it really is a hard work. It's the the effort you put into it. And it's taking those difficult times that you have in life and and doing something with it. You know, persevere. You know, to yeah. persevere. Because I mean, there was a good window there, right? There was a good window there from fourth grade to sixth grade where I got lost. I got yeah. lost in the sense of what exactly what you're talking about. Like, can I I can't do this? Am I cut out? There's these questions that come. And they come even as adults, right? When we change yep. careers or we change, you know, jobs. I just recently came to Blue Adobe and there's that like, am I fit for this new chapter in my life, right? And there's those doubts. And that happened to me at an early age between fourth and sixth grade where I'm like, okay, you know, am I going to hang out with the bad kids? Because it seems like that's where I belong. Or am I going to kind of hang out over here? And we're still dealing with some transition, that area that we were in. Um, most of the Mexican kids that were at Echo Valley were bused off from one street of Castroville. Brunel is about, you know, three or four miles away. And uh, and it was interesting because then I think when it really hit me was when I got to seventh grade. And seventh grade would classify you as 7-1, 7-2, and 7-3. And 7-1 was like the smartest kids on a row, you know, every, you know, college courses, getting ready. Seven two is kind of your middle of the pack, and seven three was, you know, you know the kids that aren't paying attention. There's some challenging things going on at home. So when I got to when I started seventh grade year, and I'm at seven three, I'm like, oh, what's going on? I'm looking around, and I'm like, listen, this isn't for me, and kind of picked it up a little bit, and I said, okay. And then the good thing was that they would promote you, you know, once you started seeing that you picked it up. Right. Next thing you know, I went by, started at 7-3. By the end of the year, I was at 7-1. Yeah. And there was only two Mexican kids in that class, you know, Joe Perez, myself, and that was it. You know, and then by eighth grade, another one of my good friends, Ozzy Gomez, joined us in eighth grade, and we were at 8-1. So, but it could have gone the other way. <laughs> it yeah. could have definitely gone the other way. <laughs> well, well, Oscar, you know, how did how did you get... You know, we, we talked about all the different jobs you got. You got, you know, different jobs you got before you got in the mortgage business. But I mean, how did you get into the mortgage business? I mean, what, um, what, what, what got what's your what's your interest or what was your your first stint at uh, kind of looking at this business, saying, "Yeah, I could do this." No, well, I mean, it, it called my attention at an early age, and you know, you recall you you were a realtor there for a little bit when we were young, and that that kind of steered some interest in me seeing what you were doing with it. And then uh, at that point, when I graduated from high school, wasn't sure what I wanted to do. You know, Sheila and I had just met, you know, at the end of high school. Um, we had a baby on the way, Priscilla, and we got married at 19 years old. And then everybody just said, okay, you know, 
this is it for Oscar there. That's all she wrote, right? Is Oscar cannot continue to go to school. He's a dad now. So I'm working, you know, at the time I was, I started working at a grocery store here locally uh, called Knob Hill. And so I was working 40 hours and going to school full time. And that's how I got through college. You know, we had, and then by, by the time I graduated from CSUMB, I was, uh, had two kids at Oscar and, and Priscilla and that whole time there was, there's some experiences there where, uh, um, helping people with credit, helping people, you know, fulfill that American dream was always there. Uh, we had an instance one time, um, cause I used to translate a lot for my parents growing up. And, uh, I remember my parents got a, an advertisement, one of those gimmicks that, you know, they win a contest. Right. And, uh, I'm, you know, I, I think at the time, I think I must've been like seven or eight years old. And, um, uh, I read it and all I said, saw is you win a car or you win a TV guaranteed, right? It's this contest gimmick. And, uh, I didn't know how to read it well enough to translate it. All I told my parents, Hey, te vas a ganar una casa, un carro. you know, you're going to win something. Next, you know, we're driving all the way to Yosemite from Castro though. Mm-hmm. We drove all the way to Yosemite and, uh, and, and all it was, it was some contest that if you entered and applied for a credit card, which. We have no idea at that age what credit is. My parents weren't, you know, my mom's a fourth grade education. My dad had maybe seventh or eighth grade education. And we show up and drove all the way. That feeling that day when they told us you didn't win nothing, you didn't even, your credit didn't pass. And we got rejected for credit that had some scars, right? It caused some some stuff. So throughout that time, um, for me, I, I, I graduated from college, was working Knob Hill. Then I went to go do sales for uh, a bread company and it had split days there was days where you were where you were off on wednesday and you were off on sunday and i started missing my kids were starting to get into sports so i was there was a couple of times there where i couldn't make it or i couldn't be involved and that's when i said okay this isn't for me and ran into a good friend of mine richard and he put me into doing loans and and then everything else came back to me like yeah this is what i want to do i want to get into loans this was in 2000 you know year 2000 2001 and um and for me, it just, it's something that I, I love it. I live it. I breathe it. And, and it's something that I really grew fond of. And uh, for me, I think I always share this other story I share is I think I was meant to do, you know, be in the mortgage business or be into real estate in a way. Um, we were 10, I was 10 years old, I think. And I, and I share this story because it brings fond memories and it also, you know, back to the values that our parents instilled in us. Right. And uh, we're 10 years old. And this is where that fourth grade, when we made that move to, to this new house, um, we started renting a house in Castroville. I still remember them, Robert Horn and Donna Horn. You know, I still vividly remember the landlords and they made a deal with my mom. They said, okay, you know, you rent the house and we'll sell the house to you. And they gave her a price. They gave her a certain price and, but we needed to come up with a down payment. And that down payment at the time, uh, was about $3,500, almost $4,000. And so my mom put that carrot out there. Hey guys, this house is going to be for us, but we have to work. And my brothers and I worked all summer in the strawberry fields and then nobody took a penny. Nobody, we were putting into the pot for this down payment, but it took us a little longer than I think Robert and Donna anticipated. So when we finally went to, um, to them and say, Hey, we have the money. Here's our down payment. They were going to do what's called the seller carry back. Um, I think the price at the time was $52,000. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh wish we had those prices now right uh fifty two thousand dollars and we show up to their house and and every so often i'll finance a house i'm down that street it's it's navajo drive here in salinas and it always you know i share the story whoever's buying a house oh yeah this is what happened to me and uh we go and knock at the door and they come out and you know and i'm translating my mom says we have the money to do the thing the deal and then robert says hey but uh, can you tell your mom that um obviously the house appreciated you know so the price isn't you know 52 no more it ended up going to 56. you know and it was like 52 to 56 thousand and he and so i turn around mama you know blah, 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 blah. my mom being the mexican woman that she is through like she went on a rampage oh, okay no yo no estoy esas a mí no me van a ver la cara they're not gonna do that to me right este yo sé lo que me dijo yo sé it starts telling me and i turn around and looked at robert and i said uh my mom say okay <laughs> <laughs> i go my mom say okay and then robert's like oscar i don't think that's what she said i go no she said okay she said okay <laughs> And uh, and so that's how I ended up working my first transaction. We ended up sealing, you know, we still worked it out. We got the in the house is still in the in the family. And so uh, for me, getting when I got into mortgages, that that was you know always resonated and helping people fix credit. That was another thing, right? With that whole credit experience, and and I've dedicated my life to to helping a lot of families improve. I've, I've got clients that we've started you know, three or four years ago, and the credit was bad to getting them to that point where it's like, okay, you're a homeowner, you know, I get to make that call today, uh, twice today. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a call that doesn't go, you know, uh, there sometimes a couple years ago, it started getting a little bit like since business was so busy, you know, but um, we're kind of becoming immune to it, but it's such an awesome call to make. And that, that's probably what I love the most. And that's how I got into the mortgage business. I mean, to me, my first college class that I took right after high school um, was real estate principles and okay. I signed up for it. So it was in there. I wanted to do that. I wanted to study and, uh, but I didn't have a car. And so from Castro to Salinas. And so I ended up getting an incomplete. So if you see my transcripts, <laughs> it says real estate principles incomplete because uh, I couldn't finish the class. Uh, yeah. Now it is, um, I know you talked about helping out people with the credit, um, you know, helping them get it is, what what is it is that what you enjoy most about working in this field or what what if you could kind of um if you were going to explain it to someone who's maybe looking um you know at joining this field well, i mean what do you enjoy the most of it the whole process i mean the 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 when a client comes in you know i had a, a, a family yesterday they come in and their daughter was like you know she's a teenager and she's sitting in the meeting and she's translating you know she's doing the same thing that i was doing back in 1984 so that to me just kids home gives me goosebumps because that happened to me just yesterday the young gals translating and and she was you know what not translating but trying to help them understand the process better from her point of view because i can speak spanish and i and, and so but seeing them come in with like is this going to happen is this not going to happen is, is there a possibility of us becoming homeowners or not and then seeing that through step by step you know, here's what you need to do. Here's where, okay, credit's good. We go to the next step. Our credit's not good. We come to a stop. Let's fix that. Okay, here's what it's going to, and walking them through that process to making those calls that I'm going to make today, it's just, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. You know, to me, it's, it's, it's the American dream. We've always said, yeah. mine being homeownership is the American dream. And, and I play a small little part in that. And, uh, 
and really focusing on on translating and, and bringing that into the Hispanic community here in Salinas. Salinas is about seventy percent Hispanic, and uh, and and that so that's you know I think what I was meant to do was was help people finance and, and buy homes. Mm-hmm. What, and how do you how do you end up staying staying up to date with all the latest trends and and changes that are happening in in the mortgage industry? And then that's the other beauty of it, right? That's the other beauty of the business. It's 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 fluent. It's ever changing i mean i you know when i started in 2000 2001 the way that we processed the loan the way that we did a loan there was completely different than what we're doing it now so it's not like okay i went to college and i studied for this and now i know and it just become because every situation is so much different we have people that are self-employed hourly wages base salary some like here in salinas work from march to November, and then they're off and get unemployment, seasonal work here. So there's so much, and to answer your question, I mean, it's it's to stay up to date is reading the guidelines, reading every time a program. Right now, we've got a new program that recently came out that there's a major buzz about. It's called Kauhapa Shared Appreciation. It's a new program. So well, guess yeah. what? Got to go dive into it and learn it. You know, I feel really comfortable aware of the program, and I know the program now. I understand it. And then all of a sudden we get a bulletin yesterday from Kyle Hoffa. We're pausing the, the loan because the loan running out of funds. So yeah. there goes that. But we learn. And that's happened throughout our career and staying up to date. I mean, I, I, there's a couple of people, subscriptions that I follow, you know, watching the market today. The jobs report comes out. So we start educating ourselves on the economy. Uh, the BLS report, uh, the BLS report that came out today. Yep. We were hoping it was going to be a little better um, for mortgages. And it, it wasn't. We'll see what, you know, we'll read into it. CPI, which is the consumer price index, comes out next week. And the PCE comes out a little later after that. So there's a lot of uh, things that it, it's hard to keep up. But it is hard to keep up. I can tell you that. <laughs> now, what, what are, what are you know, um, talk about all the great things within the business itself that, that you enjoy so much. But what are some of the biggest challenges um, you have faced in this field? And how did you, how did you overcome them or, or deal with them? A lot of getting the client to trust you, right? Having consumers trust you, especially after what happened in the meltdown in 2008. Yeah. So and and so for us, we ha- I had to reinvent myself because again we did business a certain way from 2000 to 2008, and then all of a sudden the market crashed, and then people came back when they started purchasing homes again in 2010. There was a very, you know, lack of trust. You know, lack of trust and getting them because they're like, okay, Hector, you're my loan officer. Okay, what are you up to? What are you going to do to me? What? And then they're sizing you up and they're reading you. And, and that was a major thing. And you can't blame them. You know, there's so many bad things that happen, so many bad experiences. Um, and so for me, it was just trying to let them know that I was there with them and that I was going to walk this process with them all along the way. And understanding that what I stood for was honesty, transparency, and and that I was going to respect their time and I was going to respect their this process, you know, for them. And uh, and that 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 was a big obstacle. Now the obstacles is sometimes you know we we've, we've got a lot of we're shifting this business into more of a commodity, right? Yeah. And, and 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 it's just and sometimes it's it's all about rate when it really yeah. isn't all about rate. Yeah, and then there's a, there's a little bit of a thing there that we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Now, now for someone, you know, you you've got um, 
got a lot of people graduating from school coming up and they're kind of trying to figure out what they want to do, whether it's high school or college itself. Are there any tips or advice that you would share for someone who's interested in maybe pursuing a career in this business? I would. I mean, it's having your college education completely puts you to be a much more, much more polished loan officer, right? But some of the stuff that we learn here, you can't learn in college. It's all hands on. So my biggest tip is if you like this industry, go intern with a local mortgage company or a local real estate company. There's a lot of opportunities there where you can shadow us and see if this is for you because it is, it's a sales business. It's a commission business and it's not your typical, here's your base salary to start off. You're going to make 60,000. No, here it's like, if you can make the calls and if you close, you get paid. If you don't close, you don't get paid, but there's, a lot of benefit if you're willing to put in the work and yeah. that's the, the big to me the biggest tip here is come in there's potential to to have a great career a great rewarding career financially emotionally um but it's going to take some some hard work and you're gonna and for some people i mean there's there's a comfort level i had major call reluctance when i started this business and and that was something that i had to overcome and and, yeah. and pick up the phone and, and say hey Hi, Hector. This is Oscar Mora with Blue Adobe Mortgage. Um, you know, so-and-so gave me your number and why you're interested in pre-approved. No. <laughs> so, yeah. so getting used to those rejections, right? And that, yeah. that's something that sales is sometimes all about rejection. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, one of the things I, I admire about you the most is, you know, you've been you've been doing this business for the for more than 20 years. You've you are, you know, you are successful in what you do. Um, and you know. And it, I find it interesting. And, you know, you talked about the the uh, the market, the challenges of 2010, 2008, 2009. But everyone always seems to jump in when the market is hot, you know. But as we know, you know, the market gets hot. Then there's a crash and burn and the market ends up collapsing. But somehow through all these changes, you've been able to kind of weather the storms. You know, I how have you done this? I, I guess that the big thing a lot of people want to would like love to know is how have you done this and what's your secret? I mean, how have you weathered all these crazy market storms where jump, people are jumping in, jumping out, but the market itself is just, it's just gone bananas in, in some of these years. And there's something to be said about that. We're going through one right now, right? We're yeah. going through a very interesting market right now, post pandemic where rates went from being two to 3% up to 7%. So we're starting to see a lot of people, get out of the business because it's it's a tough market right now. It's a really tough market. Inventory is low. Um, there, there's a lot of challenges to, to affordability. You know, that's another problem that we're having right now. And to answer your question is perseverance. Perseverance, you know, you know, I'm a man of faith and I continue to stick with my faith and I continue to do the basics. You know, sometimes, you know, getting belly to belly with somebody and doing business, right? And saying, hey, let's go out to lunch. Let's make this call. Let's go deeper with our relationships. And I think throughout the years, I'm probably the proudest. The one thing that I'm most proud of is, is the impact I've had with my relationships throughout the years with my clients. Yeah. And my clients have become the number one referral partners for me. And, and, and that has gone, I can't tell you enough how, how much that means to me. And then yesterday was one of those moments where, you know, I'm going to call them today and say, hey, congratulations, you're a homeowner. But when they were signing, they said, hey, I didn't think I told you, but um, we're related to so-and-so and we're related to so-and-so and we're related to so-and-so. 
And when I asked them, who should I use for a lender without them knowing, they say, go talk to Oscar. And then go talk to Oscar, go talk. So I think the relationships that I built throughout the years is the reason I've been able to persevere. But if I was out there not doing the right thing, that, especially in a town, we're not, this is not Los Angeles. This is not Sacramento. We're in rural Salinas, the Salinas Valley. And uh, there's a lot of interconnection families. And I think my reputation in, in, in doing the right thing little by little by little is what helped me persevere all these markets. And, and I think that there's a testament to that. I'm proud of it. And I protect my relation, my reputation like gold, because that's really what, what got me through it. And, but I make sure that when I'm working with you, Hector, and I'm saying, Hey, I'm keeping you posted. You can get a hold of me. I tell them, Hey, we're tied to the hip here for the next 21 days, 30 days. And you've experienced a little bit of it. How yeah, the yeah. Work. <laughs> I think it was uh 14 days, 14, 15 yeah. days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and then, you know, and we embrace technology now. We're our team's embracing the technology that goes with it and sending videos. You know, look at what we're doing right now. You're in Sacramento and I'm in Salinas and we're communicating, right? So we that's another thing that's helped us persevere is engage, you know, using all the resources, technology, face to face when it needs to be face to face, sitting down and translating in Spanish and breaking it down to layman's terms where the person understands in Spanish what you're signing. And that's sometimes, you know, something to be said, you know, I'm very few times have I missed the signing with one of my clients. When my yeah. client goes and sign their closing docs, um, I can probably count with, you know, and it's been like I had to attend a funeral or, or something like that where I haven't been able to be present yeah. and, and attend, you know, and so, and then, we stay in touch and we, you know, but our database, our referral partners, that's always been the, the number one thing. Now, what do you, you know, and, and you talked about technology, you talked about, you know, um, being able to kind of connect, you know, um, like we are right now, but what do you see as the kind of the future of the, of this industry? You know, if you, if you can, if you look, not just what's happening right now with the rates, but if you, I think you look at five, 10, 20 years down the line, um, what do you, what do, how do you see this industry changing? It's going through a change right now. We, you know, back to the commodity, right? There's a lot of, you got the online lending, the, the rocket mortgage and, and then all this, and it's all about interest rate. And I think that's probably the biggest misconception too, right? It's, it's not always about rate. It's about getting the service that you deserve because we're all in so unique situations, right? You have a self-employed borrower that doesn't have the income, but he has a great business. You have, you know, we're, we're starting to see a, an uptick in I-10 borrowers. We're starting to see, you know, um, you know, some challenges for first-time home buyers with affordability. And so, but to, the, the future for me in the mortgage industry is we're starting technology. I mean, we're going to get to the point where now you don't even have to walk into my office to be able to sign in the notary. It's, it's, we're, it's calling it e-close. That's a new thing that we're coming up with. And, uh, and that's, there's, there's some good about it and there's potentially some bad about it because then there's sometimes we, uh, miss, um, hold on a minute. Sorry. <laughs> that's work <laughs> trying to call. Uh, but yeah, that for me, the, the future of the mortgage industry is right. how can we get more affordable housing? How can we get more inventory into because we, we have a challenge there's a major challenge right. here i mean i just saw the news this morning and they uh closed the a local gym and they're going to turn it into 50 apartment units and yeah. there's a little bit of an uprise 
in the community because of that. And the gym's probably, you know, less than a mile away from here. And that for me, though, in the mortgage industry is how do we fix affordability, but the inventory issue that we're having, you know, yeah. during the pandemic, household sizes, believe it or not, grew <laughs> and yeah. they're growing. The millennials are coming in, the Gen Zs are coming in. There's some big general, you know, generations and you know your daughter my daughter my son yeah. how what, what are we going to do to help them be able to afford a home <laughs> yeah it's good it's it yeah it, you know it's it's the way home prices are i mean you know and everywhere i mean it's it's uh you know i, I look i look at the because you know I've, I've got 13 year old and six year old it's like man what's it what's uh what's the market gonna look like what are the thing i mean what's the cost of a car gonna look like or anything else you know um when they're ready for it and so it's just, yeah. it's, it's scary as a parent. Um, and at the same time, it's like, you know, we best thing we can do is just try to lead them kind of on that right path so that uh, they can, you know, they, they can be successful on their own. But I mean, it's just, it's difficult to see how that success really brews in when, when things are just getting so expensive. It is, it is. And and, and it's a tough, you know, um, situation and what's the fix we we'll see, we're going to see, hopefully we can all as a community, figure out a way to get this done. Uh, but it's a challenge. It's a challenge. The, the inventory is a challenge, the affordability. And, you know, with interest rates and the Federal Reserve right now, there's a lot of uncertainty as far as what's going on in the market. And so I, I wish I had a better answer to tell you what my crystal ball says about the future. But I mean, there there's definitely technology. I mean, I had a situation the other day where I met them the day of the signing. <laughs> I'd never seen them in person. So I could have been at the grocery store standing behind them and, and, and not knowing that they were my clients. Right. Yeah. And uh, but technology being able to do things now um, through video, the way that we're doing it. I, I got a gentleman I got off the phone right before we jumped on in Bakersfield. So we're going to get on a Zoom call. We're going to be doing a loan in Bakersfield. We do some in Los Angeles. We do some here and there. And uh, and and that's pretty awesome. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I wanted to go a little bit, a little bit off topic, uh, but you know, we kind of did this in the beginning. Is you know, you've got you've got an amazing family, amazing bio, amazing life, and you've got three kids who all went to school on an athletic scholarship. And <laughs> you know, look, I realize all kids are different, including those in the same household. I mean, how did you and Sheila keep that mental drive for your kids to be able to go get into college on an academic on uh, athletic scholarships? You know, I, I, I used this word before, and I, I don't know, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but perseverance, telling the kids to persevere. I mean, we have, uh, my kids have been, each single one of them, I have three. So I have, you know, um, Priscilla, Junior, and Faith. All three of them have a pretty cool story when it comes to sports. Because one of the reasons I love sports, sports, there's a lot of correlation with life. Yeah. Right? There's going to be some days you're going to win. There's going to be some days you're going to lose. There's going to be some days that you're like, I don't want to do this. And then there, there's that, that that glory of like, I love this. This is awesome. Right. And and all three of my kids have had different challenges in in that. And I mean, we're talking all three of my kids have gotten probably faith probably would be the exception to this because she kind of already knew where she wanted to go and steer. And uh, but my kids were cut from teams. You know, from Oscar was cut from a football team. Priscilla was cut from a volleyball team. Um, and, and there was those moments there that there was some teaching going on, right? Whether I knew it as a, as, and, you know, kids don't come with a manual. So you're at 19 years old, 
you're also, you know, learning, you know, and Priscilla's yeah. like, well, I was a guinea pig. And that's why by the time you got to faith, things were a little bit easier. You kind of knew where to go. And Oscar's like, well, I was a, you know, I'm the boy, I'm the middle child. And you know, I'm the only boy. <laughs> so you're a little tougher with me. Than, and, and I mean, but there, there's some teaching there, right? Priscilla got cut from her seventh grade volleyball team. And, yeah. uh, and we were, we were okay with that. We were like, okay, we, we understand. You don't know the sport. Yeah, I really played the sport. Um, let's let's dig in. Let's let's go get you ready. And that's what we did. We said, okay. You know, there's still some tape marks on on the garage where I was like, run up and jump and hit it. And you know, jump. now she can just stand and touch the thing, right? And then yeah. uh, and I did the same thing with Oscar. Well, you do it. Help your sister. Let's support her. She's gonna get there. Um, Took her to you know volleyball camps. Uh, took her you know to things that we could afford and invest in her during that time for her to come and take on the challenge. Come eighth grade year, she gets cut again. You know, and it's like, and she's like, you know, there's some politics, you know, like any sports, you know, things like that. By her sophomore year, she's on the varsity team for yeah. So you know, and it's perseverance. Oscar, the same thing. Oscar was cut from a couple football teams. And he's like, I don't know, till the third year, he finally made it. And, and then he realized, okay, this is not for me. You know, this is not the sport for me. And uh, this is not really what I want to do. He tried a couple, he tried baseball. Um, and finally, you know, and it was funny because I didn't really instill in them to run track, even though I, that was kind of my sport. They right. kind of knew a little bit about it. And then Oscar started running, you know, in sixth, seventh grade. And it just became like, hey, I like this, dad. I really like this. And, and that's how it was. I mean, so for me, that, that, the word perseverance, right? Dedication is, is key because I mean we had moments even with Priscilla her senior year where uh, we were told that she should not pursue playing college basketball, you know. And and, and there, there was a moment. And she did. Where, and huh? she did because I remember. Yeah, I remember uh, Bella and I going to visit, going to see her a couple of times playing uh, in college. It was great. Yeah, no, she she ended up going up to uh, Washington. Had a you know. Had a uh, tore her a little bit of rental, and all of a sudden we had to take a step back and, and say, okay, what, what's going to happen here? You know, and there are so many moments like in life where you can say, okay, I don't want to do this no more. I'm going to give up. I'm not, this is not for me. And she persevered. There's a lot to be said with Priscilla's story because, uh, you know, we, uh, we went to San Francisco State, and I'm not trying to put them on blast like the kids say, right? But they, we had a coach there, and the coach says, you know, she's, she's 5'9. Uh, Mexican girl from Salinas that's not going to do, you know, she, she, she can't play basketball. Well, we came back four years later and she played her last collegiate basketball game on that court. So uh, there's something to be said about that. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, um, I got an opportunity to interview uh, Joe, um, um, who is a phenomenal softball coach. He played in, uh, traveled nationally uh, in the men's softball fast pitch best pitch division. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, you know, I asked him a question is like, what advice would you give parents of young kids who are in sports? And his, his, uh, his advice was parents just kind of need to learn to relax. They just need to be patient, you know, let, let the kids kind of go through some of their stuff. And, you know, especially when the game is going on, um, you know, what did game, what advice would you give parents, you know, who have young kids in sports now and having seen all three of your kids, you know, go through this. As, as a parent, I think for me, it's enjoy it. Sit back and enjoy it because it goes by really quick. 
and appreciate it, right? Appreciate those moments, um, that busy schedule, that like Saturday morning, I got to run over here because I got to be with this one. And then I got to run over here and be with this one. Enjoy it, embrace it. And 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 I think that's the number one thing, because I think for me, we were so dedicated, so pinpointed at like, you you know, we're going to help you succeed. Do you want to succeed? Yes, I want to succeed. So there's some accountability. There's some responsibility to that. And and, and we have like, and then it's something that as parents, you know, now I think with my granddaughter, Myla, you know, I think we're going to take a different approach, right? There's going to be yeah. some accountability, but there's going to be a lot more love because there was some tough love. And that's what was taught to us. I mean, we started this conversation where they hugged you. So we didn't, you know, so there was some stuff like Priscilla, you know, had a game one, you know, 30 something points, 20 something rebounds. And I'm like, well, if you would have made that free throw, we would have won the game. You know, like, what else do you want me to do? <laughs> right? What else do you want me to do, Dad? Right? And so there's some stuff with Faith. I've had some instances. What's going on with you? I mean, Faith had an injury in high school. And there's another story there. She's had different injuries throughout. I mean, yeah. off of Sidas, um, stress fractures in high school where she could have easily just said, this isn't for me. And here she is, you know, yeah. four or five years later. You know, running for CISA, you know, and so, uh, but I think number one, enjoy it, embrace it, appreciate it, and yes, take a step back. I would piggyback on, on that coach for the softball and piggy, you know, take a step back. And, uh, you know, and, and I was notorious for it as a, as a younger parent of, of coaching from the sidelines, right? I mean, coaching from, you know, I mean, I got it down to the, I had a whistle, you know, hey! <laughs> and they knew it. And even to this day, sometimes I'll do the whistle and they're like, huh? What? And so, and that was a bad thing. That is a bad, that's not what to do. And yeah. met some coaches along the, uh, along the path that, that helped me be a better parent from the yeah. staff. <laughs> now, which, so which one of this, of your kids should I, should I, we interviewed to uh, give us a, the story of Oscar, the dad, the coach and the coach. And uh, what do you think they'd say? It, it, you know, I think you can get three different stories. Because like you said, there are three different kids, even though they're in the same household, we had to learn how to motivate each of them in a different way. Uh, with Priscilla, it was a little bit harder. So if you wanted to see the the, the hard coach or the hard dad, you're probably going to talk to Priscilla. With, with uh, you know, with Junior, I think Oscar Junior, you're going to hear the stubborn. Oh, well, he's stubborn and I'm stubborn. So we butted heads and and he's my boy. And, and you know, there was some stuff there. There's there a situation one time where, you know, he's in the back of the pack and he just didn't feel like running. The day had started bad. He had missed the bus. And, uh, you know, we ended up driving to Hollister. He gets in the race and just decides, I'm just going to cruise today. Right. And so he's thinking, I'm like, hey, man, what are you doing back here? Like, let's go like to the front, to the front. And you know, I'm driving back home and I'm like, hey, you get satisfaction seeing your name so low on the standings. Do you? And then I go, I would be embarrassed if that was, if they had my name. He said, well, technically that's your name because his name's <laughs> <laughs> and the, you know, the And the thing is technically, you know, like what? And my wife starts kind of laughing. And I, and the thing is when I, that particular race, when I told him, you know, um, you know, Oscar, get to the front of the pack. You know what he did? He, he looked at me and slowed down even more. Okay, where Priscilla, if I'd said that to her, she'd be like, okay, um, this is my challenge. I'm gonna go for it. And with Faith, we took a, I think with Faith's story, and if you were interviewed her, she would say more, my dad, you know, I'm the one that made my dad soft, right? I'm yeah. the one that made my dad. And and so with her, there's been more, more of a balance and it's been good. And her injuries have been always 
a challenge for her, but we, we were able to coach her and we got all three kids through their phases, but with kind of three different approaches. And I, and then I'm, I'm as a grandparent, I'm pretty excited. I'm going to be able to merge them and be a little bit more polished as a grandfather. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that's the story. I think Priscilla says my dad was hard. I think Junior says, oh, my dad's stubborn and sometimes doesn't understand or, you know, and Faith's going, oh, he's okay. You know, I'm the one that made him soft, you know. <laughs> but, but you know, it's it's funny because, you know, the 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 different, you know, you learn through the different, with the different kids and so forth. But that sports, you talk about the perseverance, the, um, the grit, the don't give up and stuff. And, you know, in listening to this entire conversation, I, I, I get that sense, especially as you're helping out your clients as you're working with them. I mean, I haven't, it's rare that I, that I hear people saying I'm willing to stick with a client for two years to help them through their credit. I'm willing to kind of walk them through this entire process so they can feel comfortable. And even if it doesn't come into something then it, you know, it doesn't, but you're still willing to take all those steps to try to make them comfortable and to try to kind of get them through that process. Yeah. And then there, I, I had this experience and I shared it with the rest of the staff the other day in the company um 20 i think they told me 2017 i i didn't even recall the date and i had a, a, a young couple um and you know and it was just jose and mariana they came to me in 2017 and um they shared their story and i recall now the conversation he uh jose had a i-10 you know an i-10 means you don't have a valid social so you're yeah. not here you know working with the legal social or legal visa. And um, and they were in a situation where once he said that, everybody turned their backs and said, right. forget it. Like they didn't give him the time or day or anything. And uh, we ended up staying, you know, one one during the weekday, we stayed pretty late. Sometimes we'll stay 6.30, sometimes depending on the situation and gave them an hour of our time and said, here's you're what you need to do. Once you get, you know, your legal status there in the process. And so that happened in 2017. They called me last month and I still hadn't connected the dots. I didn't remember that we had done that. And they're all, hi, this is so-and-so. He's oh, we found you on Facebook. We didn't realize you had moved. He's oh, but we found you and here's, you know, and uh, we want to set up an appointment. Oh, sure. Not knowing the 2017 meeting. And when they showed up, he, he told me the story. He goes, he goes, Hey, we needed to work with you. We had to work with you. You stayed in touch. For the most part the first couple of years and then and we know that you know business in 2020 21 was just hectic he goes but you were the only one five years ago six years ago that took the time to sit with us and explain us and you didn't judge us for anything else and so here we're here so here we are six years later he's making a nice living now she's making a nice living we got them pre-approved for like you know a nice brand new house in solid ad california and they're in the process of becoming homeowners here in, by June, you know, because That's it's great. a new development and things like that. And, and, uh, you know, there's in-house lenders and there's people that, that, that are there that, Hey, you know, we're going to credit you this, we're going to credit you that. And, um, there's something to be said for the client to say, no, I don't care what credit you're giving me. Um, yeah. I want to work with Oscar and Blue Adobe and and, and, and they're going to be closing with us. And, and, and then it is, that's a six year story. <laughs> Well, it's a it's a it's a beautiful story, and uh, you know, Oscar, I, I know we're going to end it here. I, I know you've got a busy schedule, but I, before I let you go, um, we ask this of every, everyone that kind of comes on. Please, you know, tell us what two books or movies or a mixture of both would you recommend to the audience, and why? For me, there's two 
I, I had a hard, I have a hard time with that to, to narrow it down because there's a lot of great books that I've been reading as something that I've started here. Um, probably the last five or six years, my self-development has really grown. I think I'm, and my kids are saying, well, that's because you're getting old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what old people do. <laughs> they read books. They don't have nothing else to do, right? And, and there's something to be said because I'm not busy on Saturdays or on the weekends as much as I used to be. Uh, but one of them is The Four Agreements. You know, from by Don Miguel Ruiz, the four agreements to me is, is it's, uh, you know, don't make assumptions. You know, don't take things personal. Be impeccable with your word and do the very best that you can. You know, those four agreements to me is is huge. Um, the the secret, there's some the, the, the book, The Secret and the movie that that brings home to me a lot of memories. My my dad, uh, Pifas, uh you know, he passed away a couple of years ago, 2008, and he um, he ended up um, buying me this book a month before he passed away. And mm-hmm. so, and this was 2008, the market crash, and you know, and and so it, I took it as a divine intervention sign that he knew that you know I was going to need that book and, and understand affirmations, understand mindset. And that's the other book. The last book, I think I'm going to give you three, is a mindset. Mindset is an awesome book talking to us growth mindset versus fixed mindset that I think has been huge. And I think that's one of the ones that I if I go back and think about how I parent or how I do my business is always staying in that growth mindset and not going into that fixed mindset and saying, oh, well, I'm not supposed to do this or, you know, I'm, I can't do this or telling, you know, so that the, the mindset book for agreements. And I, I think those are the two books I would say. <laughs> And Oscar, if people want to get a hold of you, I, I know we've got your um, your email there in um, in your description there in, in you know underneath your name and so forth. Is there a website people can visit, um, or how do people get a hold of you or so forth? Yeah, no, definitely we can. Uh, you'll see our website www.blueadobemortgage.com. You got my email here. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at the Mora Team. You can follow us on Facebook, Oscar Mora. LinkedIn, Oscar Mora. So there's a lot of, and I, I think that's another thing, you know, social media has become pretty yeah. cool thing to connect with people. And I think the, the mortgage industry has definitely embraced <laughs> social media and getting the word out there. And I think that's very, pretty, pretty cool. Well, that's perfect. What I'll make, I'll make sure to include um, in the description, not just for the podcast, but also for the video, um, your, the, the website and other, your, the contact information. And so, Oscar, you know, thank you once again for taking the time from your busy schedule to be here with us. No, uh, no, thank it you. Was, it was a lot of fun. So, no, thank you. Brought back some memories of fond memories of you and of you and me and, and our family and some of the stuff that we grew up. And uh, very proud to call myself your cousin and your friend. And uh, you know, I have nothing but love for you. So I love you, Hector, and thank you for for having me on here. Of course, thanks, Oscar. Love you too. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Thank you.